What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Doing well, man. Rested, rejuvenated. We're back, back potting. Yeah. Look, a lot of stuff to talk about from Cowboy Bebop to Spider-Man to Hawkeye Star started, Star Wars. A lot of stuff to talk about. I'm excited to get into all of it. Yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, both of us been on planes. Um, I'll talk about a little bit about what I saw in the movie on the rise. Um, but I did see Get Out for the first time. So, did you enjoy it? It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. See, I I don't want to be this guy on the pod, but like I still have not seen Get Out yet. Like I've seen us do not like us still haven't seen get out i'm just waiting for the right moment and like for me it was it was on the plane i was like i'm here i'm i'm on this flight i'll watch it and it's you know it's when i was on the flight or whatever they gave me an option of like watching under two hour movies and so that was what i stuck with i was like i'm only gonna watch under two hour movies see i didn't get that i had live shows like live tv i could have watched it's always sunny which i did at one point but the main movie I watched, which is new, I, I did watch the protege, the uh, the assassin, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson movie with the okay, lady. Yeah, I, need to watch that. I, I did watch that. It's it's all right. It's not bad. But the, the movie I recommend to everybody, which I'll talk more about on movie on the rise is the Anthony Bourdain movie. That's what I watched on the plane. Yeah. Um, that shit stuck I, out. Yeah, there's some good documentary stuff that's out now and coming out soon. And some of it we'll be talking about it here today. Yeah, but um, so we so, got we got a lot, man. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Yeah, without any further ado, let's get started. Um, so big news, Star Wars wise, right off the bat, the uh, upcoming Ahsoka Tano series has cast Natasha Liu Bordizzo as Sabine Wren. Nice. Um, Bordizzo made her on-screen debut in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny in 2016. And since then has been in roles in films like Great Showman, Guns Akimbo, Hotel Mumbai, and Voyeurs on Amazon. She also starred in the popular Netflix series, The Society, and the Quibi series, Most Dangerous Game. Ooh, okay. I, I need to see who she was in Guns Akimbo, but I saw I saw the picture of it. I'm, I'm with it. I'm all about this bringing the Rebels people to live action. That means this yeah. means we're going to see Ezra Bridger. There's no we doubt about it. Who? Mina Massad. Oh, yeah, we Latin. do. Yeah. yeah, we do know who that is. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, done. It's over. Done for. I'm excited for this. But did you see not only has Squadron been canned, Rangers of the New Republic canned? I thought that already got canned. Mm-mm, it just got announced like a couple of days ago. Uh, well, I mean, I, I had a feeling that that was coming because of um, – what uh whatever her actress's name was i've already erased it from my mind yeah yeah she's do you know she's playing in uh (laughs) well we talked about her ben shapiro movie wait no she's doing a hunter biden movie now oh god (laughs) (laughs) went from star wars queen to like bottom of the barrel dvd and bin but you know say la vie but the sabrina Ren news excited about this this is big yeah, I mean, this is huge. Ahsoka series is going to be probably one of the biggest. Uh, you know, I guess Obi-Wan's going to be pretty big, but I, I think right after that is probably Ahsoka. Yep, I um, agree. I mean, Cassian's probably going to be a really good show, but I think the hype around Ahsoka is just going to keep coming, coming and coming, especially now that we know that we're really going to reunite that Rebels cast. I assume we'll probably see Hera as well. Um, there might there might even... No, there won't, because it's not, it's not about Ezra. So, But we know that Hayden's going to be in it. Um, and Ezra's so, I mean, going to be in it too. So, like, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Ezra's going to be in it. You know, Sabine's going to be in it. Probably Harold will probably be in it somehow, some way. That kid's going to be in it. Yeah, the kid. But I mean, that doesn't really matter in much casting terms. Now, can I ask you a question? This is a, 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 a not about, I mean, it's about Star Wars, but it's not about what we're talking about right now. But it kind of is. So, I saw a theory on either TikTok or Twitter, and I thought this was very interesting. So, because Ahsoka can move throughout time, some people are suggesting that the Ray timeline is when Ahsoka dies or Ahsoka does not 
appear in the Mandalorian. That's the Ray timeline. And they're saying that the non-Ray timeline is when Ahsoka does appear in the Mandalorian, thus getting Luke to get baby Yoda, thus stopping the first order because they're saying that because Ahsoka didn't come and help the first order, got baby Yoda took the cells made Snoke thus Ray timeline exists. But due to Ahsoka being able to, to stop all that from happening, baby Yoda gets the Luke Ray timeline doesn't exist. How do you feel about that as a star Wars fan? Is that too much? That's too much. I mean, like, and it was also sort of explained within the whole t- world between worlds episodes that everything that happened it's it's kind of like with Hermione's time turner and Harry Potter everything that happened before the, the Harry knew about the even the time turner existed had happened because of the time turner like so everything that like I guess I guess maybe Sirius Black does die in a sense so I mean maybe there could be some liberty of that but pretty much with the world between worlds everything happened because Ahsoka was meant to go through time. Ezra was meant to go through time. Mm. Like that was part of the time timeline. Gotcha, like, gotcha. That's gotcha. what's supposed to happen. I just want to but ask because because I saw that on 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 um on uh on um Twitter and especially since I went to Star Wars World and I'm gonna be honest, Star Wars World was fire, was gas, but I don't think they know who they want to portray in the forefront. Like the, all the merch Mandalorian, but Ray was like out there waving. She looked upset. I just don't know if we ever see those characters again. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that either. I, I don't know how they want to go about doing that. There's still a lot of timeline in between to play with because they're mm-hmm. playing in, they're playing in the sandbox as legitimately within five to 10 years of return of the Jedi. And isn't there like 30 years in between? So there's a lot they could do. Exactly. So they, there's a lot I, of time. I, I'm, I'm just saying from what I'm seeing from like at Disney world, it seems like we're, they're really getting ready to push these TV shows. Like Mandalorian was everywhere, but then they had some Boba Fett stuff. And then like a little bit of Sokotano stuff was in the, in the back sprinkled. Not a lot of Ray Finn in, in that shit. But the Ray character's out there. She was out there. She was the only one of the new. No group. Kylo? No, not even him. He wasn't there. It was just her and Chewbacca. Uh, Kylo's in the ride. And let me say this that ride is the Resistance ride, fire, where they make you walk through and you transition from the Resistance to First Order. You'd love that shit. That shit was crazy. Blew my mind. Funny enough, got a, got a, 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 a Imperial officer to break character, which he should not have done. I could have got some free shit for that, but I didn't snitch on him. He saw my Inuasha shirt was like, I'm a, he, he said he was a big weeb fan. And I told him I did a podcast. He wanted to check it out. And he was, we talked about anime and I was like, anime doesn't exist in star Wars. He was like, you don't know that he saw visions. I was like, fair. That is true. That is true. Um, but I just felt it was necessary to tell, tell the people about the Star Wars stuff since since we were here. And that, and that, that shit was crazy, though. Got to give Disney yeah. credit for that. Yeah, that was a pretty absurd theory throughout that. Yeah, I'm telling you, look, if it comes true, I'd buy. Look, I'm, I'm in. Like, the Ahsoka timeline where she's there and where she's not, it makes a lot of sense to me because, like, I, I, there's no way you can't tell me that Luke's temple doesn't look different if Grogu is, like, there. And like Ahsoka's I think, alive. Like I what? think maybe the um, the world between worlds kind of gives you that idealistic sandbox of legends. So mm. anything can happen, whatever. Fair enough. But um, the Avatar The Last Airbender live action series added three more key roles. Uh, first one I was super excited about, Paul Sun Hyung Lee, who's been in uh, The Mandalorian and Kim's Convenience, a show on that you can watch on Netflix. Um, he will play Uncle Iroh. Um, so I think he's a perfect casting. He's yeah, talked about it, um, that he wants to do great justice to the character. I, this makes me feel most ex- the most excited for this series because it makes me think that they're really kind of like taking some shit seriously if they're going to like cast this dude to be Uncle Iroh. Mm-hmm. Um, Lim K. Siu. Uh, who will who he will play Gyatso, the kind and caring air nomad monk who was the guardian father figure for Aang. 
Um, and Ken Luang, who is in Star Wars Force Awakens, he will play Commander Zhao, a scheming and ambitious fire animation military officer. We talked about it yep. last week when we, I was theorizing that he may not be involved. Well, he is. And See, that's important. season one, man. Season one is going to be the Book of Water. Yeah, probably, yeah. Which and, was and, what the movie was about, too, but condensed, that was so condensed, so we'll be able to draw it out and do the whole thing. Yep. So all of this is cool, but the most cool one is the um, Uncle Iroh casting. Yeah. Uh, so Jurassic World released a five minute prologue. Uh, I didn't. I didn't ask you to watch it because I mean it really wasn't too much. That to film really... still going like that's still a thing. Yes. Yes, it's still a thing. It's uh, coming. I think it's coming next year. But the prologue, which will not be featured in the film, but instead acts as a separate beginning to the story. Starts 65 million years in the past, a prehistoric landscape shown filled with dinosaurs, including several, seven new species never before seen in Jurassic Park film. The dinosaurs coexist with each other as well as bugs and birds as they go through their lives, calmly flying through the air, drinking from lakes, and tending to their young. But the dinosaur's vicious side soon comes out when two T-Rexes fight to the death before the prologue jumps back into the present day where a T-Rex appears at a drive-in movie, flipping cars and terrorizing citizens as a helicopter looms above, trying to shoot her down before she disappears. Mm. Okay, whatever. You're more hyped than... I, I, I didn't even know this thing was still happening. Yeah, I mean, this just goes to show more, like, about... Like, they, when they showed the five-minute thing, year, I think last year... I like the Andre Holland thing. Yeah, so I'm saying. This is similar, but not as good. Mm. And it just goes to show, like, this movie, yes, this movie is going to be dinosaurs in present-day world. We get it. No more part. Okay. <laughs> just drop the freaking movie. Exactly. Uh, so in Harry Potter news, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson will join filmmaker Chris Columbus, who directed the first two films, and other cast members from all eight Harry Potter films for the first time in the HBO Max retrospective special to celebrate the anniversary of the film's first film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone that premiered 20 years ago. Harry Potter's 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts will premiere on HBO Max on New Year's Day in 2022. The feature will be a tell-all and enchanting making of story. Wait, the feature will tell an an enchanting making of story through all new and in-depth interviews and cast conversations according to HBO Max. I think that's pretty cool. We're going to get a conversation on like the beginnings of this saga. And see, that's, I was about to talk about JK Rowling not being there, but the fact that it's about the movie, I can kind of get behind it, but HBO Max not putting her there because she problematic. <laughs> that's definitely the case. Yeah, They're, not, they're I, not letting her ass come, but it makes sense. Like, I mean, if you're looking at it from the movie perspective, you really only care what these young actors went with Radcliffe and all of them went through. Yeah, I am kind of sad that they are making it an all-encompassing special. I would have, I would like to see them do this per I'm movie, like them, per director. Mm. Like this one is obviously going to be Chris, Chris Columbus focused. He did the first two. I'd rather them be like, okay, well, let's bring everyone from the first two and let's talk about that, and then let's bring Alfonso Cuarón and we'll talk about Ask Man, and we'll you know bring in the next group and we'll talk about Yeats. those. Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rock with that. That'd be hard. I, I that would be a lot better than every movie. No, I'm with you. So you can see each each how each director picked up the baton. I'm with it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm rocking with it. And like you how watch? it was different, and like yeah. you know, the the castings of who was bringing in who at what time. So like I'm really interested to see how like how the original casting was for this first film, and you know, uh, and also the changing of the Dumbledore guard, mm. things like that, but. That was a thing in there. Yeah, gonna have to definitely check out this on New Year's Day. So, but next up, we got Delroy Lindo's joining the cast of Marvel Studios Blade. We're not sure who Lindo will be playing, but one strong possibility is Jamal Afari, who in the Marvel comments is the man who raised Blade, Eric Brooks, in the ways of vampire hunting when Eric was young. In the comics, Jamal is black, but in the 1998 feature adaptation of Blade starring Wesley Snipes. The character was renamed Abraham Whistler in the cast uh, actor Chris Christopherson. So I could see Lindo being his mentor. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty cool casting and good that they're we can see that they're going to try and maybe make it comic book accurate. 
And they're trying to make Blade a big part. He was in Eternals. Yeah. So so we'll uh, we'll see that hopefully more soon. I think what Blade's supposed to be twenty twenty three. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think so. So, but next up we got uh, the trailers for this week. I guess I'll start with the ones that I didn't watch and let you sure. just re- inventing Anna. What you got to say about that? We talked about that. That was the new Shonda Rhimes show about like this con woman. Mm. It's really just like a 40 second little blurb. Uh, but you do see some of Shonda's characters that she's, you know, had in previous shows. And I wouldn't say characters, but actresses that have been in like scandal and stuff like that. They're all coming back. It looks like it's going to be a pretty interesting show on Netflix. Um, and, you know, what we talked about before is a story of like a con woman conning her way to New York City. She's an immigrant. And so mm. I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Okay. I have to check that out. What's up with Marry Me? Marry Me is the uh, rom com for this next Valentine's Day. Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is like doing this bit with her boyfriend that they're going to get married on stage on her tour and then the boyfriend like ends up cheating the day of like the day that they're supposed to get married on stage so she just picks like Owen Wilson out of the crowd and they get married what a silly movie all right y'all 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 check that out um Disney superhero pets whatever you know rock doing things it looks pretty cool good for kids Um, what I don't like is that it's random shelter pets that mm. become like his superhero team I wish they were like the, the real ones, the other Justice League members. Yeah, I agree with that. The only one that's real is Ace, the Bat Hound. Yeah, I wish I would have just at least been them too. Like I could have gone with the shelter pets for like the, the other, other people, but like it, we know the Batman has like a dog that's yeah. just as famous as Crypto. Exactly, yeah. if not more famous. So, but <sighs> next up, all right, this is a trailer I did watch. Pammy and Tommy, or Pam and Tommy. This Pamela Anderson, Tommy, this movie looks good. This shit looks good. Hulu this got a hit. Very well one. cast. Yeah, like the Seth, like Seth Rogen, uh, freaking uh, Offerman. Offerman in there. You got Lily James. You got freaking um, uh, my boy is Tommy killing it. Young Luke Skywalker. Look, I'm into this movie. This movie's going to be a hit. Yeah, this, this looks like it's going to be a ride. It's only coming out on Hulu, right? Yeah, I think so. it's going to be in theaters too? Nah, I think yeah, it's like a Hulu original. Yeah, same, 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 same. Yeah. I'm definitely watching it, this. It seemed, it seemed like a concept that was like, oh, why are we going to do this? And now, like, every, now it's been pieced together. It's like, oh, this seems pretty good. I see the vision. Yeah. And they can tell a story about how fame and salaciousness has gotten worse over time since they did that. There's a how story it's different there. between men and women and when yep. it comes to stuff like that. Yep, yep, yep. All right. And then the final trade. Oh, well, Euphoria season two trailer dropped. That was pretty cool. Excited to go back to January. Yeah, excited to go back to the world of Euphoria after those little mini vignettes. So that looks be like it's going to be pretty crazy. It looks like it's going to be like way into like the drug dealing deal with like her, her friend, the drug dealer, mm-hmm. and like some party stuff. It looks um, like it's going to be nuts. It looks like that uh, the one girl that's gotten really famous that was on um, White Lotus is going to be like with the. The jock dude. Oh yeah, he, she did look like that. Gonna yeah. be interesting. And my man Angus Cloud's coming back, so yeah, hype for that. Um, and now looks I guess like he's gonna be have a big big role too. Yeah. yeah, it does look like he's gonna have a big role. Now let's get to the to the getting to because while we were going, Spider Man No Way No Way Home trailer dropped. Look, Toby and Andrew in this fucking movie. Lizard's neck just went like this, like just went out of nowhere. But okay. I'm going to ask you, being that you are a premier Spider-Man fan, more so than me, what was your favorite part of this trailer? None of it. <laughs> you don't you don't like it? I, I just don't I don't think like it's anything that's like too blowing my mind. I guess like the best part I liked about it was Green Goblin's voice. Okay, thank you. I, I just needed an answer. And your answer yeah. falls in line with everything I've been asking everyone. What's your favorite part of this trailer? I'm not going to come out with my disparaging take. I'm going to ask you and you're going to prove my point. I've asked a bunch of people this. You said Green Goblin. Some people like I said said Alfred Molina. Shout out to my guy Charlie. Some people said seeing Jamie Foxx. Some people said Andrew and, and, uh, and Toby. You know who people aren't saying? Tom Holland. 
the actual Spider-Man of this freaking movie. No one cares. They care about the nostalgia in the, in the multiverse. No one cares about this actual Spider-Man. And I think that's a problem. Well, I also don't feel like the nostalgia and the multiverse and those characters are really going to play any role in any of the story. I really feel like it's going to be Spider-Man and Doctor Strange like having a little tete-a-tete and maybe Doctor Strange isn't the real Doctor Strange. I'm still holding true to that because like he, he does things that are in this trailer that do not seem like the Doctor Strange that we know. Why are they fighting? Why are they getting so fight? Why are they fighting? Because Okay, because he, Tom Holland's trying to do his own thing and mess up the multiverse. Doctor Strange is like, bro, you got to kill him. You just have to. Like, we got to kill these dudes. These dudes got to get out of here. We got to get them out of here. And, and Tom Holland's like, no, we can save them all. And that's why. What Avenger is like, let's kill people. But they're not, they're variants. Like, it doesn't matter. They die anyway. That's his point. All I'm saying. We'll see. I don't, I don't know an Avenger that's like, you know, <laughs> let's just kill everyone. Maybe Black Widow. But like, <laughs> Doctor Strange got to protect, man. After Thanos, Doctor Strange ain't got time for this shit. He, he, t- Tony's gone. It's just him left. Who John knows what? just making appearances, maybe. Right? He, uh, who, everybody's making an appearance in this damn Spider-Man movie, except fucking Uncle Ben. <laughs> You're going to be in the show. Freshman year. <laughs> yes, he will. Cartoon. Uh, you know what I'm predicting? That fucking when Toby comes, fucking Peter's going to look at him and be like, are you Uncle Ben? I, 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 just, I just feel like that's going to happen. Maybe. I don't know. But they did say Daredevil's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been hearing that for a while. And they're, like, like, they're slowly introducing him to get his own show. I, I, I just I don't like some of the jokes that they're making about like some of the older characters, like with Alfred Millie and stuff. I'm just like, bro, like, come on, dude. I'm telling you, this movie's all about the other, vi- the, the nostalgia characters in, in the multiverse. This thing, this, no one cares about And like, we've Tom already Holland. seen the multiverse. <laughs> already done this hey man we're gonna see i'm gonna watch and it like this is gonna be the last bit of spider-man we're gonna have because we know this dude doesn't want to do it anymore it's just like i feel like he was just negotiating when he was saying all that shit like i think he's gonna do it again he'd be dumb not to if i, I would be okay with it if they gave us like some kind of opening that like miles is in the universe now and now we got miles mm. well if, if he- they want to do that i, I could be behind it I, you know, the theory is that it's no way home because he's trapped in the multiverse and he's not home. So he, he's going to be going to like Venom, even though Venom's to him now, which, you know, I'd have bought that theory before Venom got to him. So it's, gonna, it's just going to be interesting. Tom, Tom Hardy's going to kick his ass. Like, I don't see Tom Holland beating Tom Hardy. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Y'all have to do some major convincing. Now, if it was Toby, <laughs> Toby, Toby put the pause on his villains. You saw Dr. Strange said they all die. Andrew? Andrew put the pause on his villains. Tom versus Tom Hardy? K? Nah, dog. Nah. But, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm thinking about the Spider-Man stuff. I didn't put this in there, but, you know, uh, what's his name? Michael Keaton was like, hey, I'm shooting more Vulture stuff. So what's that all about? I think think it's for, um, I think it was voicing for the cartoon. Mm, that's I could buy that. I could definitely buy that. Also, did you hear that the, the the Tom Holland just came out randomly and was like, "Oh yeah, they were rewriting this script daily." I didn't know what I was gonna say. They just gave me new stuff each day. We were still f- writing the script while we were filming. But if that was a DC movie, people would be losing their minds. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, big facts. But I don't want to sound like a hater. You know, I know a lot of people are hyped for No Way Home, but just I just want to know what you're hyped for. Are you hyped for Tom Holland or are you hyped for the nostalgia, Toby, Andrew? And it's okay if you're hyped for the nostalgia. I'm just trying to prove a point. That's all. I'll tell you what I'm not hyped for. I'm not hyped for Dark Strange and Spider-Man fighting. Didn't (laughs) didn't sign up for that. (laughs) Well, look something I am hyped for. Martin Scorsese making a musical biopic about the Grateful Dead with Jonah Hill set to stars the iconic rock band's frontman Jerry Garcia. This is huge, man. This is big for Jonah. It's big for Jonah. I don't really know what they're going to do because I don't know enough about the Grateful Dead. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I just see Martin Scorsese and Jonah Hill, and Jonah Hill was hyped because I started following him on Instagram. So I'm, that's why I'm hyped. Yeah, I mean, Mar- Martin Scorsese doing anything is definitely going to make some headlines. And he can he tell 
he tells a bunch of music. He has a bunch of music docs, so he knows how to tell story like about musicians. Yeah, I mean, it's just the thing when like Bohemian Rhapsody became a thing. It's like, oh yeah, there's story there. Like, there's something that I want to know. I want to know the backstory. There. But I don't. I, just, I yeah, I don't know about enough about the band. same, same, same. So, but I am just excited saying. for Martin Scorsese's new Leo movie, Flowers of the Killer Moon, coming to Apple TV very soon. Okay. Uh, very soon. But next up, we got Mel Gibson set to direct Lethal Weapon 5. The fifth entry into the classic action franchise has been in development for several years with Richard Wink writing the uh, most recent draft of the script. Richard Donner, who directed the past films, was also going to direct this film until his death this year. You know, this could be cool, maybe. I just don't know. He's a bad director. No, Mel Gibson's a great director. It's just like, do we want to see old man Danny Glover and Mel Gibson at it again? Like Danny Glover um, can barely walk, bro. I don't think they're going to be doing it. I think it's going to be like, oh, new people, new people. Yeah. What they should do is have Mel be the old guy and have a young person to team up with him. Maybe that would work too. That's what they Maybe should. Like Danny be. Glover's son. I don't know. Some nephew, Danny Glover's cousin. Like you don't have to do something. You know, something like that. Yeah. So, but either way, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. See what old Mel's working with. But next up, we got Casey Affleck, Lawrence Fishburne, and Emily Beecham will star in the psychological sci-fi thriller Slingshot. Mikhail Hastrum is attached to direct the movie, which turns on an astronaut struggling to maintain his grip on reality aboard a possible fatally compromised mission to Saturn's moon, Titan. I'm assuming that Casey Affleck is going to be the astronaut struggling to maintain his grip with reality. Spits his M.O. Of every he movie would, he's ever been in, ever. He wouldn't do a movie unless it's unless he's that guy. So, <laughs> but you know, I'm ex- I, I don't want to say I'm excited for this and lie to the people. I'm I, I'm lukewarm on this. You know how I feel about these damn space movies. I don't know if I've really ever seen a KCF like movie. To be honest with you. Oh, you've never seen um? Fuck, I have. I definitely have. I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. Gone, baby, gone. Nope. Bro, that movie's fucking great. That movie's amazing. Manchester okay, by maybe, the Sea? Maybe Oceans. He was in Oceans? Apparently. I don't, I don't remember that. But I've definitely seen Gone Baby Gone with him and uh, old Rachel. Is that the real Rachel Dawes? No, she just looks like her. She looks like Katie Holmes, whoever, whoever that is. But it's like Ed Harris and Morgan Freeman. Great, great fucking mystery movie. Shout out to Casey. Gone, Gone, Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. That movie's great. Probably do it on Run It Back Soon. That's how good. About Michelle Monaghan. Yes. Doesn't she look like Katie Holmes? Kind of. No. Damn, I'm tripping. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, Slingshot. Oh, Interstellar. He's an Interstellar, so I guess I'm seeing. Casey Affleck's an Interstellar. Exactly. Like anything that I've seen him in has been like Casey Affleck was in that movie. What was he in? I remember. I remember Matt Damon in Interstellar. He plays a character named Tom. Man, go watch Gone Baby Gone for real, Casey Affleck or Manchester by the Sea. But next up, Journey Smollett has landed the female lead in The Burial, a new courtroom drama from Amazon Studios. The Lovecraft actor will star opposite Jamie Foxx and Tom Lee Jones in Maggie Betts' director, uh, directed project. Based on a true story, the film follows a bankrupt funeral home owner who decides to sue a rival businessman over a handshake deal gone wrong. The owner hires a flamboyant attorney, Jamie Foxx, to handle the case. Smollett will play Foxx's opposing counsel. This could be good. It could be. Yeah, I, I think you know I would watch Jamie Foxx versus Journey Smollett in the courtroom. Lore films are hit or miss. It just depends on can the actors carry it and make you believe it. Yeah. So, but I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Uh, the next thing we got is Anthony Anderson is going to be returning to NBC's Law and Order for its much anticipated twenty first season in the revival. He's going to reprise his role as Detective Kevin Bernard with at least one season contractual commitment. So we'll see how it goes for him. Maybe they kill him off. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Dancy, meanwhile, joins the Dick Wolf franchise revival as an assistant district attorney. Okay. I'm always interested uh, in new law and order content. Names. Yeah, I agree. So, and then we already know that the burn notice guy is attached. So, yeah, and he's so, pretty good. Yeah, they're bringing the, putting that cast together. Uh, Ridley Scott has confirmed that a live-action TV series of two of his most enduring movies, Blade Runner and Alien, are fast-progressing, with pilots written for both shows. We knew about the Alien series that was first announced December of last year, uh, the show being set up with FX, 
Uh, Noel Hawley, we, had, we even announced on the show, he was attached as that showrunner. FX boss John Landgraf described the project last year as the first alien story set on Earth. But we don't know anything about this Blade Runner. That was the big news, is that there's going to be a Blade Runner TV series. What is We don't need when? one. We don't need one. Uh, you don't think so? Well, like, would they tell a different story, or would they retell Blade Runner... That's oh, my thing is, where do you go? Like, we know, uh, do you go before Deckard showing how it got bad? Because we got the in-between Deckard. I'm, we got the in, we got in-between of Deckard in, in 2049. We have multiple. We have the new anime that's out right now, Black Lotus. We got 2028, which is like an anime thing or, a, or an animated thing. Let me not say animated. So there's like multiple things in between. I'm just like, okay, Ridley Scott, you just said that, oh, superhero films are, are deteriorating uh, content and, and deteriorating all this stuff. Well, how about stop relying on crutches of old content and make original ideas? Like, if you want to see new stuff and, and hating on superhero movies, stop making fucking Alien and Blade Runner shits. Like, let's get some new stories in there, my guy. Then you have something new that's coming out. Oh, he had Last Duel. The but Duel? Yeah, last Duel. Yeah. It just didn't do well. So he's, he, was, he was salty. Now he's supposed to bring Gladiator back. So yeah, I mean, he's Again, just jumping in the, into the bag. Like, stop jumping in your old bag. There's an alien prequel supposed to come out. Fuck all that alien shit. <laughs> I'll take a... Bl- I, I, I'll be honest. I'd much rather a Blade Runner series than Alien. But Blade Runner faces the same problems that Cowboy Bebop will. Will you spend enough money to make it look real? Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, the Dead Boy Detectives pilot at HBO Max has found its main cast, George Rextrew, Jaden Reverie, and Cassius Nelson. All three of them will star in the lead roles. Rextrew is a recent graduate of the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, so this will be his on-screen debut. Um, We've talked about this show before, but it's based on the DC Comics characters created by Neil Gaiman. Uh, the one-hour series would follow the dead boy detectives, Charles Rowland, who's going to be played by uh, Jaden Reverie, and Edwin Payne, who will be played by newcomer Rex True, who decide not to enter the afterlife in order to stay on Earth and investigate crimes involving the supernatural. They are joined by Crystal Palace... Uh, who's going to be played by Cassius Nelson, a living psychic medium. In addition, sources say that the cast also includes Alexander Calvert as Thomas the Cat King, Brianna Cuoco as Jenny, described as a mildly punk butcher and confident or confidant of Crystal Palace. Jen Lyon, who will play Esther, described as a witch obsessed with youth and immortality. Yu Yu Kitamura, who played Nico, a boarding student intended on joining the Dead Boy Detectives Agency, who now lives above Jenny's butcher shop, and Ruth Connell, who will play night, who will play Night Nurse, a demon that controls the flow of souls in the afterlife. She's already played that role on Doom Patrol, so we now know that, that show is going to be in that Doom Patrol Titans verse. Nice, I'm with that. I'm down for this. This I'm, I just need a trailer. Yeah, I'd like to see a trailer. It's good that they got the cast going, so we're getting the ball rolling on that show. I agree. Next up, we got HBO has acquired the rights to Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off, a feature documentary about the skateboard legend. The film will be available on HBO and become available to stream on HBO Max in 2022. This is gas. Give me this. Give me this now. We talked about it on a, uh, an episode of this show a while back when it was first announced, but now HBO is picking it up, so... Obviously, getting that funding behind it. This um, is one of the documentaries that I need. Like, when you talk about great sports people, Docs, we got Jordan. I mean, Serena did Tiger. King, Serena did King Richard. On HBO, was really good. Tiger, we need a Serena, Doc. Uh, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt. But Tony Hawk's right there. He's right there. Is some of the, one of the most impactful athletes of all time because without him, is skateboarding is popular. That I cannot say. And he also... Brought, yeah, he brought skateboarding to the mainstream in not only with what he did on the skateboard, but on video on games. skateboard with video games. So. Yep. So, no, that, that that's going to be a big documentary. Definitely going to be watching that. 
Next up, Randall Park is set to star at the comedy series at Netflix that is set in the last Blockbuster video. The streamer has ordered 10 episodes of Blockbuster, which was created by writer and executive producer Vanessa Ramos, who made Superstar in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The single cam series is described as an ensemble comedy that takes place in the last Blockbuster video in America, explores what it takes and more specifically who it takes for a small business to succeed against all odds. This could be cool. You got to get the right cast, though, to go around Randall Park. Randall Park's a nice start. It is, he is, but is he a main guy? His show didn't go off too well, but I mean, it, this could be like you know different beast. It could and be more of have... an ensemble comedy then. And you got to remember, like when The Office and Parks and Rec came out, like Amy Poehler and Steve Carell were not who they are now. Well, I mean, Steve Carell was not Amy Poehler wasn't. He was on maybe. his way. He was on his way. I guess uh, I would That's still fair. look back and see like when he started, where he was, what roles he was getting. That is fair. I'll just say this. Randall Park is funny, but he needs the right people around him. That's in. If you get the right people around this blockbuster idea, it could be special. I mean, honestly, I feel like Vanessa Ramos might be that right person working on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think that that show revitalized Andy Samberg's career. More so like, Superstore to me because like she knows how to run a uh, ensemble with Superstore. That's true. That was that show was all ensemble. That show's great. Like I love that show. One of the most underrated comedies of this past generation. So shout out to her. And I guess it would be very much similar to that show too. Style, mm-hmm. style uh, So another show that another comedy that I really loved that was uh, on Stars the party down the revival has officially been ordered to series at stars um original the original series stars adam scott jane lynch ken marino martin star ryan hansen megan mulaney they've all signed on to return for the six episode series lizzie kaplan was also on that show but she's been cast in a lot of things recently lizzie kaplan's too big for that show now pretty much did you know that Uh, ken marino is the guy that's the engineer and rock and roller coaster the ride you know when have you ever rode that ride when the yeah, fucking yeah. aerosmith dudes are like talking to their engineer it's ken marino oh really i i literally noticed that this last time and i'm like i'm like curse remember that show i made you watch party down that's that fucking guy and someone's in there like oh shit it is him from party down and i was like it's the lady from seinfeld too i was just like oh shit but yeah ken marino i'm excited for this party down is great I love Party Down. It's like the right type of just dry being in the humor. same cast and like having them still probably being in the in that those roles would be really funny because like you know Jane Lynch got old now. That's like, the only yeah. one that I was shocked about that that's coming back. But you know, good for her. I don't know how her character develops. Maybe like maybe she's like doing something else. You know, Ryan maybe, Hansen definitely needs this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but a lot of these people have really like budded. Since then, you know, Martin Starr, uh, you Adam know, Scott, Adam Scott. So o- only ones who haven't, Mulaney, is, I mean, too. Only ones who haven't is Ken Marino and Ryan Hansen. Yeah. So to think about maybe you bring in some new blood and have like Adam Scott and Martin Starr and Jane Lynch maybe like play like alternative roles. Okay. It could be interesting. Or, or, you know, having them back and it'd be even funnier if they were still doing what they were doing. Doing, yeah, being party. Caters. That'd be f- yeah. hilarious. Either way, uh, I'm into so it. Paramount Paramount Pictures announced it's developing a sequel for Clifford. Paramount said that Clifford had become the streaming service's most watched original film to date. Of course, mm-hmm. I haven't been that that many. That's because y'all don't have shit. Uh, Netflix and Riot Games have confirmed that the second season of Arcane, the streamer's hit League of Legends-based animated series, is officially on the way. And it's uh, the I heard most, a lot of great things about that. It's the most streamed show in Netflix ever. It's people are saying it's one of the best animated shows. I watched the first two episodes. I enjoyed it. It's really beautiful animated, but like, I don't know if it's my cup of tea yet, but it's I don't beautiful. think that you appreciate it unless you know League of Legends. That's, that's my thing. But, but there's, but like, that's like a big fan base big yeah. thing amongst like, you know, generations younger than us. So it's True. a smart move. Hey, I'm not mad at Netflix for doing it. But with that being said, that's all the news we have for this week. Let's get into the segment where we suggest one movie or TV show or multiple called Movie on the Rise. Shuby, I guess I'll go first because you have more than me this week. This week, I'm just suggesting one thing on Netflix, Super Crooks. It's out now. The uh, Mark Millar anime, 
It looks absolutely incredible. It's about these supervillains who want to rob the ultimate supervillain. Cool. So yeah, I'm I'm also interested in Super Crook, so I definitely want to check that out. I'm watching that as soon as we finish with this. Um, I got the, the Great British Breaking Holiday Show. The finale just happened on Friday. I don't know anything about it because I only watched a little bit of it so far. Um, but the holiday edition is always good. They usually bring former cast members back in to like do a short little bit, similar to what they did with the Blown Away show. Okay. Um, so that's definitely worth watching if you're a fan. Um, I talked about how... I watched some stuff on the plane. One of those was Pig. It's now on Hulu. If you're a big movie person and you like good cinema. The Discord said it was great. I need to watch that. Shout out to our guy, Jay. It's a pretty, it's a really good movie. Very insightful. Keeps you, once you think you know what the movie's about, it changes on a dime. Um, make It really makes you think. It was, it was a good movie. Okay. Um, and the last thing is season four of Camp Cretaceous. You know, I love that Jurassic Park stuff. And uh, the little, their little Netflix cartoon is pretty pretty interesting when you need some time to kill. So it's going to be yeah. good that they got another one. All right, bet. And that's movie on the rise. Where you want to start? Hawkeye episode one first real quick? Let's do Hawkeye first. So- solid. I liked it. I did. I was in. I, I really like Haley Steinfeld as, as Kate Bishop. Yeah, and we're only talking about the first episode, right? Yeah, because you said you didn't watch the second. I did watch the second. Oh, I did. did I would have watched did you it. Watch it? I, the only reason why I didn't is because you told me we didn't have time to do it. So I, I, that's why I, I would have well, watched it. Otherwise. You took a while, so I watched fair, it. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so well, damn. Yeah, based, based only on the first episode, it doesn't really change my opinion because I've watched the second episode. I, I'm not. Oh, you're not vibing? I, I was vibing. I was vibing. I was vibing. I'm in the Kate Bishop and her mom, Vera Farmiga. I think I think Vera Farmiga's role is like she's about to be the her. evil mom. I get. She probably will turn evil, honestly. Because yeah, she's doing something evil. What was what was dude, the, the dude that she's with is a villain, comic villain. Oh, he is. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I and look, the man. Um, what's his name? Armand. Ar- 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 it was something like that. Audemont, uh, Audron. I mean, he, I mean he, he Armand. Said. Armand. Armand was saying that the, the fiance was doing dirty shit. The fiance killed him. With no, the no. Ronin sword. No, no, no. I'm not talking about him. But she was. He was saying that Vera Farmiga was doing some dirty shit. Oh. Yeah. Because Armand, like Armand, was cool with the with the fiance. He said that I'm going to inherit all your money. That's true. So unless he was talking about Vera Farmiga, either way. I think he was talking about Armand, but he That's what I thought. Either way, I'm into it though. Like, I just need to see a little more action. To get get in the Hawkeye. Does that happen in episode two, or is it more Christmas talking with his family? Because I could put um, up with that for one episode. He's doing some detective stuff. Okay, but like, I guess maybe in the beginning of that episode, there there's some fighting. Okay. Um, but I mean, this, the episode and the second one is where he does like his LARPing bit that you see in the trailer. Mm. Okay. Um, so it's, it's just yeah. him just dilly dallying around. The way that the show is progressing, it's like taking forever to get to the, the meat. Point. Yeah. Like okay. it's like it's just it's just taking so long, and then like when the second episode ends or whatever, you're like, that's it. Like, come on, like, we finally got to, we finally get to something good. And we're done. And now did we gotta wait a week. Did you like Haley Steinfeld though? I don't think they're doing enough. I don't think they're doing her very good justice because I feel like this is just a, such a lame story. Like, this, damn, it'll get like, better I, though. Once once she starts wearing the Hawkeye suit and doing the bow stuff, it'll get better. I hope. That's the thing. She's really not doing anything. Like, like anything. Yeah. The like, first the, episode. The most we get of her. In this, in like the two episodes, is that first episode where we get like her whole little backstory in the title sequence. Yeah, I guess and most we see we've seen her do. Uh, archery wise, all we saw her do was the bell. Yeah, and bust people asses, Roni. Yeah, so. I mean, like in the second episode, you'll see her do like a little bit more, like you show her skills off a little bit more, but like. Let me see. So this is a slow burn 
shows what we're, what we're discussing. But the issue is, it's a, like, so Falcon Winter Soldier, two episodes, we got a lot. Yeah, we were in. A lot happened. Mm-hmm. A lot happened. Two episodes of this one, maybe it's maybe covered 24 hours. Not much has happened. And we only have four left. Ooh, okay. And they got to introduce Echo. There's a lot they got to do. Well, Echo gets introduced in a second. Oh, she, okay. Is she but badass? Right at the end. Don't uh-huh. know. We don't, we don't even know it's, uh, if it's Echo. I, I assume it's Echo. I think that that's the actress that I recognize to be Echo. Mm. So everything's going to be popping off in episode three, apparently. I guess. Oh, it better be. Yeah. You know, and the first episode was like 45, and then the second 49. Yeah, and the second one's 51. But, you know, with these Disney Plus shows, uh, that's three, three, four minutes of credits. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't see if there were any post credit anything. Nothing. Nothing on the first one. I because I stayed to look. All right. Well, I didn't see. I don't think there was anything in the second one either. So. I All right. I, You're not buying it. I'm. I'm in right it. now. But I'm, I mean, I'm, it's just like. Wandavision. It you know and it, it was a slow burn too. Huh, like talk about. But this, but the second episode, you know, at least we at least knew that it was going to be like. Them playing their characters in like a TV world, and yeah. so like I knew what I was expecting. So I was like, oh, okay. So are we not expecting like street level trying to solve this mystery with them, bro? The whole okay, the whole second episode it doesn't really ruin that much. Yeah, I don't care. Just look at the suit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta find the suit. For I thought, what purpose? I, at, at the end of the locker. first episode, he took he took the suit off her off. Her, he had it, huh? They lose it. Oh, they lose the Rhodey suit? Oh. Okay. Does he have his suit yet? No. No. Yeah, that's coming later with him and Kate Bishop match. All right. Fair enough. He's got got five days to get home for Christmas. (laughs) That ain't happening. That's funny. I did think the Rogers uh, musical was hilarious. That was pretty funny. That that should be funny. Out of all the Marvel movies I've seen, like I just don't feel like after two episodes, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. Because like Loki, after two episodes, I'm like, oh, wow. I, I can say that Falcon for Loki Soldier and Winter Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier, but WandaVision is the one where I'm like, hmm. Knew what like I was I, expecting that. This fair. I was expecting that we were going to be seeing Hawkeye like do some shit and it's not doing No, anything. this is more it's the Kate Bishop story. She's not doing anything either. Crazy. Well, let's talk about something that is doing something and see, okay, so this is really interesting. So me and Christian were doing our one piece reviews. I've told you before that I was pinning my apology to John Cho and to the Cowboy Bebop staff. I told Christian that. And then I watched the final episode before we potted. And then I watched how they changed some of Julia's character. And then I was like, hmm, mm, I don't know if I like that change because like I, I'm with the jet changes. I'm with the fate changes. I'm even with John Cho Spike, but that Julia shit, Julia should not shoot Spike out the fucking roof. Like that makes no sense to me. And I know I'm jumping to episode 10, but that was the most yeah, recent was thing. Like, that, like, talking, you were talking about like the end. Look, I look, I look, look, I'm going to talk more about the end too. When we talk about how it really ended, but like, I just, that, that was the one change that I just couldn't rock with was like the whole purpose of this is that they're lovers who can never connect. If you make Julia this kingpin, I don't know where you go in season two, because if I'm Spike, I'm not chasing after her ass. But what's the point, though? Like, my, as we know with Bebop, it's like he's supposed to come confront the syndicate at the end. But like, is he going to fight Julia? And what's Vicious do? Vicious better escape and kill her ass. Yeah, I mean, like the ending was definitely rough. The the ending was the worst part. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I feel like everyone agrees. You know, even more so to the very, very end, like everyone's like, I didn't mind the edge shit. I think it can. I think it can get there. It's just like after you after you get through the ending that is underwhelming, you get that, and then you're like, oh, I also don't, don't like how the team broke up. Like, I get it, you're breaking up the team. I don't like that either. Back. I'm like, why? Especially with Faye. Like, I'm like, yeah. why wouldn't Faye? Well, Jet, why don't you help her? Like, what do you guys do? Like, now your kid doesn't want to even want you. Like, and what do you got to do now? 
And then, like, I thought Spike turning his shoulder, taking a bullet for her would have did a little more for Jet. Like, Jet was a great character all the way through. I think they just made him abandon it or go super extreme at the end. Yeah. That just didn't Cause I mean, like. Because, I mean, like, he even, like. He looked at Spike like he not like, wow, he took a bullet for my daughter. Like, that was supposed to matter. I get they're going to make that matter in season two, but, like, come on, like. And his wife shouldn't even be mad at Jet. That wasn't Jet's fault. I, first off, all right, now we can really get into it. I got a lot of beef with, I'm, I'm going to do the negatives first. I got a lot of beef with the fact that this whole show started off of dudes simping because Spike took his girl, he took his friend's bitch, which is against bro code, and that started all of this show. Jet got his yeah, bitch I mean- took. Like everybody just everybody's just a simp in this show right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I could have gotten behind Spike and, get, and Julia getting together if like they would have like had a if they would have been on a break or you know something like that. But like just, just stole her. It was like, and my thing is, here. her reasoning for shooting Spike made no sense to me. She was like, "Oh, you didn't come tell me you were alive, bitch." They was come and kill me. I was protecting you. And you didn't come meet me. Vicious told me you chose him. What am I supposed to do? I thought that was bad motivations. Yeah, I mean, it completely came out of nowhere. It came out of left field. And I'm like, all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, like you're, you've been trying to get out of the syndicate the whole time. You make this whole plan to get out of the syndicate. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, I want, I want, I want to be lead it. Yeah. I want to lead it. I'm like, didn't get that. I want to lead it. I mean, because like, like, we just came off that episode nine, which I thought was a phenomenal episode. Their past. Yeah, the flashback. That's, yeah. I, I like the jo- whole John Cho Spike thing. I was still wavering the whole show. I'm like, maybe sometimes yes, sometimes no. But then like episode nine, when I'd like, now I'm like, oh yeah, this is fearless. This is him. This is the show. Like I get this. Like I loved him in nine. I loved the the backstory. Uh, but right. Not, but that backstory did not give me the Julia that came in ten. I was like, who's that? Yeah, I agree. That that was my biggest issue. I think the best to me in terms of Cowboy Bebop, the anime is Jet. I think yeah. Faye's second best in terms of her character. And Which I think even John- sometimes she wavered. She sometimes did. the actress was a little bit too much. But but like, but she was more like anime Faye than John Cho was anime Spike. But even though I say that about John Cho, I did enjoy his performance because like we said, this is not a direct adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. They took a lot of liberties but I think where other shows fail taking liberties, I think this one succeeds because the liberties they take only booster the anime if you buy the choices they make. Yeah. Like Jet's backstory, I love. The fact that they make him get charged with being the corrupt cop, his backstory never made sense to me before. Like, why did you leave the force? Just because Udai shot you? This one makes sense because he got arrested. Yeah, and I also loved how they made it into like that noiry feel of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. The music is really what puts you through the whole thing. Like, if it wasn't for like the music, like I, I ended up watching every intro. I never skipped it. Yeah, I only skipped one. But I maybe it, I, I'll agree. I did skip one because I was like, oh, okay, I'm ready. I want I'm ready. Yeah, same. It felt very noir, very Pulp Fiction. I'll say this in terms of cringe, I got it above Flash. But it's not Game oh, of Thrones. No. It's not Mandalorian. It's not Umbrella Academy, in my opinion. I got it anywhere between Arrow and Mandalorian. I mean, it's definitely not better than Mandalorian. No, not, not even but close. It, but, you, but it feels like it sometimes. it sometimes. It does feel like because it. Because the, the, they're both the same. When they're like and I do like some of the dot. Like I said, I, this show's a seven. Let me just give the rate. It's a seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I have it floating in between seven and six, five. That's fair. That's what I, I, I earlier today when I told Christian, I was like, I got anywhere between a six and a seven, which I think is a, a win for them. Yeah, it's definitely a win because we thought it was going to be like four or five. And I'm ready to see season two. Yeah. 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 I want, now, like we said with the ending, like I, they got a lot to salvage at this point. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. Now, the villains they use, they didn't, they didn't blow their load, which I thought was dope. They used the villains I thought, the environmentalists, Teddy Bomber, mm-hmm. uh, Pierre LeFou. Pierre LeFou, which I thought was a little underwhelming. Yeah, he was. Um, I, I agree with that a lot. They did the, the, uh, uh, the twins, 
or not the twins, the the couple with the red eye. They did Ab- yes. Abdul, the dad of dog thief, and then they did um, they did one more. Oh, Udai, Udai Taxon. I thought all of those choices were great. Which and they showed Cowboy Andy's name on the billboard for top bounty hunters. So I expect to see Andy in season two. I'm still banking we're going to see Vincent because they credit the movie for helping them make some of this. Yeah. I think we're going to see Vincent next season as like an assassin for Julia. That now pitch. Vicious is trapped in a thing. Julia needs muscle. Who do you go get? Vincent. And make Vincent the season-long antagonist with Julia. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Because I, I, I just don't see... Vi- what, what are you going to do with Vicious? That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Vicious. Uh, but I do, I do know that for sure Vincent is definitely going to be the villain. You know I mean? Gotta be. Gotta be next season. Also, uh, Heavy Metal Queen, maybe. Maybe get that. But that, that they need more money for that. So maybe that's what they were waiting for. I'm trying to think of some other episodes just off cuff. I, I, oh, one thing I was like, I didn't like that we didn't get a lot of Grin. Like, I thought Grin was going to be playing the sax. They just made Grin an assistant. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I give it a seven or six. I enjoyed Cabo Bebop. I did. What was the uh, high-low episodes? Um, Let's see. I gotta look like, like I said, like Blue Crow Walls number nine, that was a high for me. Um, the finale might have been the low. Finale was the low. Uh, what was this? Dark Side Tango, the noir episode where Jed does that was his back story. I thought it was good. Um, Callisto Soul with the environmentalists. That was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed that one with the tree, um, turning people into trees. Yeah, and uh, probably maybe the first episode. I'm not sure. Bin- um, binary two step was in and in and out for me. I was like, but it, it was important. I mean, this is like the thing is like you know there were certain things that you know really worked in some episodes, and some things that really didn't work in some episodes. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, I liked, let's see, I think my favorite episode might be Dark Side Tango, but I will say that Blue Crow, Blue Crow Walls, like you're saying, was great, and Galileo Hustle was pretty good with Faye's mom, that shit. That was pretty good, too, yeah. So, I enjoyed now, the show. Now, I'll say the feeling around the environment mm-hmm. was also hit or miss. Yes, it was. That was sometimes, the weakest part for me. Sometimes it felt great. Sometimes Some, it felt bad. Sometimes it, sometimes felt, like it space, felt like Star Wars. And sometimes, sometimes it, it felt, felt like New York City. Yeah. Which was bad. But I think as next season, they'll get a higher budget. That'll be fixed. Because when it needed to be good, it was good. Yeah. And like, like space and get, go, gates and, and flying, that type of shit. And circling back, you know, some sometimes the the planes work, the, the jets, the ships. Mm-hmm. But you know, then you had to do those, you know, zoom in to where they're in the cockpit, and that sometimes didn't work. Yeah, like, a, little, a little bad. But like, you know, going back to the the port, the adaptations and portrayals, thought Vicious was good. He's all right. He's all right. He wasn't bad. Wasn't, jet was number good. one for me, though. Jet was number one. But like you know, just talking about like Bay and Spike, it really was hit or miss. There were some moments in that thing where I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I see where John Cho did this, did the studying. I saw yeah. where he did his homework and like." But then there's some played, where I'm like, "What is he doing?" Yeah, he played like some lines that were like perfect. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, this is exactly how Spike would react. This is exactly what he would say." And then there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, "I just feel like this is a little bit." Yeah, yeah a little like too the much. The very first fighting sequence or whatever, there was times where he was like fighting. I'm like, I just don't believe this. I don't know. Yeah. It took it took me two episodes to get into it, but like I said, once I hit nine and I was like, I then I was like, okay, I don't see him as Spike Spiegel anime. I see him as Fearless, the syndicate TV man show. Yeah, who's now who's now this guy? That's fair. No, and look, like I said, I didn't get in until after episode two, but I definitely stopped expecting traditional cowboy bebop and just expecting what they wanted to give you. And once you do that, 
the show's solid. Yeah. But that's pretty much all I got on it. Pretty much it. So that wraps up everything for this episode of the Bros of Bench. We did give our rating about somewhere between 6.5 and 7. Yep. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk about some more. We'll figure out what we want to talk about next week. Probably King Richard and some other stuff. Yeah, King Richard, I'll probably definitely get watched this week. King Richard, Um, Super Crooks, Hawkeye. That'll probably be it. That's probably it. Yeah. Uh, we might talk a little Wheel of Time if I think it's a chance to watch it. I'll, yeah, I'll watch it for that. episodes out now. You, yeah, you may I'll, not have to watch it all. You can just at least get your thoughts on on it yeah, if you like it or not. I mean, if, if you like it, you can watch it all. I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good so far. Okay. It's not Game of Thrones. But it's not bad. It's his own thing. Okay. What's better, Wheel of Time or Witcher? Witcher. Oh, okay. Similar. Right. Okay. I'm a peep game. I'm going to watch it for next week. So, yeah. All right. So that wraps things up. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Let Follow me at LynnBWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out all the content dropping this week from Anime Talk to the Bros Who Think podcast and the One Piece manga reviews. All right. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at HUber14. Uh, try and put some stuff out on Letterboxd because I got through the two Quiet Places. I will say Quiet Place 2, one of the better sequels. It was sequels. good. I enjoyed it. Um, I liked it better than the first one. Same. Um, so I'll be talking about some of that stuff on Letterboxd and we'll be back next week with more on um, Bros Who Binge. So thanks again for listening and I hope everyone out there has a great week and as always, keep binging.